you pray with me, please? Dear Lord, as we take this time now to be able to prepare our hearts for your message, uh, we ask that you will come near here with us, uh, that we will be able to listen, uh, hear, and of course respond to that which you have given to us. Uh, Lord, again, we thank you for making us uh, pure, clean people that are able to stand before you and at your feet, knowing that you have strengthened us, uh, that you feed us, and that you send us out with this mission of being able to lead your people to follow Jesus. In your son's name we pray. Amen. So tonight, uh, we're going to wrap up our six-week series. This is the sixth week of Living the Decluttered Life. Uh, Every week, we've been looking at a different parable and breaking it down and figuring out, so what does this mean for my life. Remember, that's what we do with a parable. We place it side by side with our life and we examine it and figure out what does that mean. It's where the original language for that word parable actually comes from. So maybe some of you have been here uh, all six weeks. Tonight is our sixth week. Maybe you've heard all the previous five parables and you'll hear the one tonight. Uh, Maybe some of us here uh, have made it for every other week, and you've heard three of the parables that we've gone over so far. Or maybe some of you here tonight, uh, maybe this is your first week, and this is the first time hearing this parable in this series. Wherever you are at, uh, it doesn't matter, because the parable that we look at tonight is a great one-off, but it's a great challenge for us, too. Because the parable that we have for tonight is something that we see the inner workings of Jesus not only within our life, but the challenge that he gives us too to be able to go out into the world. But the biggest thing Christ pulls upon us tonight to be able to do is to be able to listen. Are we truly listening to that which he is giving to us? The parable we have for tonight comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, and it has a little precursor before the actual parable, kind of sets the stage for where we're at. So from Mark, chapter 4, beginning at verse 1, it says, Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables. So our gospel text starts with kind of this picturesque scene. Uh, the lake that is described is the lake of Galilee that they're, they're at there, the Sea of Galilee. It says that Jesus goes out into the middle of this lake on this boat so all the people there are able to better see him and better able to hear him. As he goes out, there's something interesting that's, that's described. It's talking about this large crowd that's there. And so far in Jesus' ministry, up until this point, this is probably the biggest crowd that he has ever spoke to thus far. And it says the people are so engaged at wanting to see and hear Jesus, it says that they come up to the water's edge. They're right there. They can't, they can't get in the water, but they can't go any further back on. They're right there at the water's edge. I have a friend uh, that serves at a church in Texas, and when they opened up their congregation there, this is what they named their church. The church is just called Water's Edge. Uh, with that idea 
of us as a people wanting so much to come and hear the word of the Lord that we come right up to the edge as close as we can get to Jesus to be able to see him and to be able to hear him. This is what we need to do tonight, all of us. We want to come as close as we can to Christ to be able to recognize the message that he has for us, this parable that we're going to look at in just a moment from now. Because this parable that Jesus gives wasn't just for that first century crowd that gathers around him, but it's for each one of you that are here tonight. So before we even hear this parable for this evening, uh, I want all of us just to take a moment and to pause tonight. And I'm going to give each one of us uh, 30 seconds just to say a prayer, and I want you to do something during this time. Just as an individual, not with anybody around you, just silently on your own, take 30 seconds to pray that all the distractions that we have going on in our lives will just be gone, right, during this time, that we'll be able to hear this parable. Uh, Pray about those things that that we know are our sins that we have confessed unto God. Pray that those things will be taken from us, that we know that we are a forgiven people, that God will, will be our champion in all things. And pray that we will not only listen to what we hear in this parable, that we will respond. It is so easy for me to, guys, to be able to to say things, to be able to hear things, and then to walk out these doors and be unchanged. But that's not what the Word of God is supposed to do for any of us. It's supposed to, to change us, to challenge us. So pray for that too. And if you can only remember one of those things or only have time to think of one of those things, do that. So take 30 seconds right now and say a prayer. Listen, Jesus says. Those are his next words from Mark chapter 4, verse 3. Listen. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seeds, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so they did not bear grain. So the parable that we hear tonight obviously has this agricultural element to it. For all the people who come and gather at the water's edge, they know exactly what Jesus is talking about. Uh, They are those people that are scattering seeds. They're neighbors of those people that are scattering seeds. Uh, They have to do it to be able to support their livelihood, either for work or even just to have food for their own family. 
Maybe when we hear this parable uh, tonight, maybe it doesn't resonate with us as much. That's probably not something most of us do of scattering seed. Maybe when we're overseeding our lawns or something sometimes during the year. So let's take a moment this evening to kind of look at these different types of soil that Jesus is describing and find out what does that mean. First of all, when he talks about this man going out and sowing his seed, uh, there would have been a farmer who had basically seed bags tied to his waist and would have scattered these seeds almost in a reckless fashion all over his field to be able to get as much as possible to be able to grow during the harvest and to be able to take time to hopefully get a harvest that was plentiful and produced a lot of fruit. And so we have these different types of soil that we see this seed land on. This individual that is scattering this seed is talking about something that is very important to you and I, uh, the word of God, the word of God going out into the world and landing on different types of hearers, of people like you and me. Now, the first one, if you heard, it says it falls, number one, on the path. It falls on the path. So uh, where these people have uh, this great soil, where they were creating these gardens, if you will, either through the middle to be able to separate it or along the side, there would have been all these different types of paths, basically for people to walk from point A to point B. If you've ever had a garden before, or even when you planted new seed for your lawn, one of the biggest things you don't want, right, is people walking upon it. It damages those new seeds that are there. But what happens on a path, those paths that are there? Maybe you've been out hiking before here in the state of Arizona. Think about what a path looks like when people have walked on it over and over and over again. Vegetation doesn't grow there. It gets super compact. It gets like something that is, that is almost impenetrable by anything else. These are the paths that are being talked about. This is the listener that's being talked about. Because number one, that, that one that falls on the path of, of not being able to, to take root is really somebody would describe as the unresponsive listener. This is someone who, when the seed goes there, it never takes root. It can't grow. When the word goes out, somebody is just not listening to what God is saying. He talks about these birds that swoop down and they easily pick up this seed that's there. Same thing, if you've ever overseeded your lawn, watch for those birds land. After a while, they land where the, the seed is inside the grass, but beforehand, anything that has gotten scattered, they come and they pick it up because it's easy to be able to get, get that seed. It's easy to be able to swoop that up. If you look at this text later on and further down the line, Christ actually explains that those birds coming in are uh, Satan. It's like Satan swooping in to be able to snatch people up because they're unresponsive. They're not listening to the word that is going out to them. Number two, we hear of that soil that's the rocky soil. If your lot is anything like mine, I have the rockiest soil at my house. It is hard. It is rocky. Things do not love to be able to grow in there. When I first plant them, Things seem to be okay if I don't remove the soil and just put them exactly where they are, and they seem to do all right. But from then on, uh, they don't do so great. There's something about that, that rocky soil where the seed falls that it doesn't support the root just right. At first, it seems like it is going to bloom and blossom, but it just never is fully nourished. It doesn't have that moisture. This is what we describe as being the superficial listener. 
Their response is quick. When they hear the word of God, it's something they say, yeah, that, that resonates with me. But it's something that is, is shallow. It's something that doesn't take root. It isn't something that's lasting. It's a, a relationship that is very superficial. Maybe it's just an understanding that's superficial, and the relationship with Christ never really exists at all. And the problem with this is Christianity isn't just a thing to do for a, a short time in our lives. Following Christ is a, a lifelong journey, and it's a relationship that we have. The third soil that Jesus describes, he says that some of the seed falls, number three, in the thorns. That it falls in these thorny areas. And soil uh, during this time, uh, much like I'm sure some of our yards, it, it becomes infested by weeds at times, and especially by weeds that are thorny. And the thorns would grow up and they would overtake the plants. Think about what weeds do in your yard. When they grow up and their, their roots attach on to the roots of other plants, they grow up around them and they block the sun from being able to shine upon them and receive the nutrients that they need. They don't do them any favors. The thorns that are being described tonight, that type of soil, is really what we would describe as being the distracted listener. It's someone who has this, again, positive response at first, but is more focused on many other things in this world over and above their relationship with Jesus. Maybe it's somebody who's focused on uh, their job or their career more than their relationship with Christ. Maybe it's somebody who's focused on uh, even their appearance more than their relationship with Christ. Maybe it's somebody who's focused on the material things that we have around us and that those become more important than their relationship with Christ. And we become connected to these other things over and above that which we have with Jesus. And I know you look at these three soils tonight, uh, the one that's the path that is really hard, the one that is rocky and takes root but doesn't really have anything to sustain it, uh, the thorny ones which gets planted but all these different temptations pop up and it's destroyed. And when you look at these, it's, it's hard to be able to say, what is the positive in this? What is God sharing with us in this parable tonight about this seed, about his word going out, but all these different listeners who are not being able to take in this message. There's something that is important, though, and it's in our Old Testament text for tonight, and it really sets the stage for what the Lord is sharing. It comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, verses 10 through 11. The Lord promises this to us. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Did you hear the, the Lord speaking there tonight? That he sends out his word with a very specific purpose. That it will never return to him void. That he has a hearer in mind when he sends that out. And we hear only after we read about the seed that is eaten up or scorched or choked about a seed that lands somewhere that thrives, as it's described in the book of Isaiah. From Mark chapter 4, verse 8, Jesus finishes off the parable like this. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, 
grew and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, and some 100 times. That's our fourth type of soil. Uh, it's just good soil. Good soil, and it's simple to describe. It's, it's productive. It's alive. Uh, it's sufficient enough to be able to support and, and maintain and grow that seed and produce fruit. And this would be the final listener. It would be the receptive listener. The person who hears the word of God and it grows within them. It's not just something that is a, a knowledge that they have in their mind, but it's a reception, a relationship that they have in their heart. This spiritual understanding that they are the ones that are called to be able to go out into this world and also be that individual that is sowing seed, that is sharing the word of God. You see, this parable that we look at tonight, it doesn't focus on three bad types of soil and one good type or, or three bad types of people and one good person. It focuses on the word of the Lord and the purpose that it has. Is soil that is good always been good? Does anybody ever just find soil? A farmer in Nebraska, somebody who's just growing a plant here in Arizona, did they just show up and that soil is all ready to go? Or does it take time to be able to till that soil, to be able to prepare it, to be able to take the, the rocks and remove them from that soil so it's not rocky, to be able to create paths that are around that area that is being planted so it's not being trampled on to be able to take out the weeds or the thorns to make sure when that plant starts out that it isn't going to be choked out. Good soil takes time. And it's the same thing with me and with you and all people in this world that are listeners of this word. It isn't about people that are bad. It isn't about people that are good. It's about this word that has come for all people. In verse 9, Jesus says these words, Whoever has ears to hear... Let him hear. Not the people that are good, not the people that are bad, not the people who did this or the people who did that. Anybody who has ears, let him hear. See, this parable that Jesus shares with us today is called exactly that, the parable of the sower. Sometimes people will refer to it as being the parable of the four different soils, but that puts the focus on us, is the people who are listening when the true focus of this parable is not to explain who is hearing, but what is to be heard. This word that God has given to us. Think about it for a moment. This soil that I hope that we are in, this good soil, that we are these receptive listeners. Have you always been there? Maybe you're not there tonight. Maybe you do find yourself in this, this rocky soil that it's hard for you to be able to take root into what God has given to you. Maybe you do find yourself in this thorny area with these temptations that grow up around us. They feel like they're choking us sometimes. They're so extreme. Maybe they're blocking the light of Christ from actually entering into our life. It takes time. It takes effort to be able to get to this point. But this is what Jesus calls us to be able to have. Think about within Scripture the people that we see that their lives are changed because of what God does for them. And I was thinking about that this week, and it fits our epistle reading perfectly tonight. Think about the Apostle Paul. He was known as Saul, this persecutor of Christians. 
Someone who's literally going after people who are following Jesus, followers of the way. And he wants to put them to death. He wants to have them arrested. And what does he do? Well, he does nothing. He becomes a receptive listener because of what God's word, Jesus, does to him. Hear his word of how Paul has changed from Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 9, our epistle text for tonight. It says, But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. You see, knowing Jesus, truly knowing Jesus, Paul says, it, it changes us. Again, we want to walk out these doors tonight as a people who are changed by this word that we have heard. When you honestly cling to Jesus and the promise that he has given to us, the love that we thought about just 20 minutes ago, the impression that that makes upon us, it will change you. It will develop you. You'll be able to speak like Paul. Those things that were so important to him, those gains that we have made in life, he writes them off as a loss. Those things that were such a temptation before, that were so sparkly and shimmery, he writes them off is a loss. Those items that you just had to have, they were almost a necessity. He says that those feel like garbage now. He doesn't even need them anymore. The purpose of this series that we've had of living the uh, uh, decluttered life really focuses on us finding joy, not in things of this world, but finding joy in what Jesus has given to us. It's a tough thing for us to do, but it's, it's possible. When we talked about this concept of being able to discover joy, we talked about uh, a practice of being able to do that within the first couple weeks. And this doesn't just go for uh, items that are, like I said, one week tucked under your bed, those things that are above your closet, hidden away somewhere, those things that you have in the garage. But it goes for us in our life of, of faith, too. What is most important to you? What really gives you joy? Take those items, we said, hold them close to your heart, and ask that question. Does this give me joy? I'm not talking about happiness. I'm talking about true joy. I thought about that this week. Uh, Most of you probably have one of these. And I thought about that. Does, does Does this thing give me joy? This was an easy one for me. I said no right away. Doesn't give me any any joy whatsoever. But then I I I moved on to other things. Uh and I thought, you know, what about what about my my house that I have been blessed with? Does my house uh give me joy? I like my my house, but I don't know if it gives me joy. What about my my car? If you know me well at all, I love cars. I always have loved cars since I was a little boy. It does 
I will say, give me moments where I think it brings me happiness or excites me. But does it really bring me joy? No. What about uh, my finances, I thought, this week? What about uh, my savings account? Do I have enough money in my savings account right now that uh, I feel comfortable to be able to be blessed with my family and not have to worry about anything? Do I have enough uh, savings? Uh, Am I putting enough in my 401k uh, so I'm going to be able to retire one day? Do I have enough money in my wallet to be able to to buy lunch uh, this week? What are those important things to me? But do those things give me security in reality? Do they really give me joy? Or are they just another problem that I think about? But what about, what about this? What about those things that we heard tonight? Ask yourself that. A, a God who sends his one and only son into our hearts, into our world, does that give me joy? Yeah. That son, Jesus Christ, who becomes man for us, that he could have lived like a a king on this world. He could have done anything he wanted to. And what does he decide? He goes to the cross and he dies for my sin. Does that give me joy? Yeah. What about for you? Uh, Knowing that because of the resurrection of Jesus, you too are connected with him that you too are promised to be able to rise again, to be able to have a life not just here on this earth, but a a permanent home in heaven that is perfect. No more pain, no more sorrow, no more tears, no more anger, no more work, no more chores, only a time of worship and solitude and peace with our Lord. Does that idea bring you joy? Our Lord comes to us tonight and he says, yes. Are you listening? Yes. If you have ears, hear this message because it comes for you. Let's pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, the gift of parables that you provide for us. And Lord, we ask tonight that we will all come and stand uh, at the edge just to be able to hear you and to be able to see you better and to be able to take this word and put it into practice. Lord, do that through your spirit. Uh, You are the one that sows this seed into our hearts to be able to make sure we know of the grace and mercy that you have given to us through your son. Continue to grow us and strengthen us as a church, uh, as a group of people, as families, and as individuals, knowing that we are here to be able to do exactly what you have created us to be. Uh, be, be those disciples within our world, within our context, and to be able to share this love of God. Lord, thank you for this challenge and for this great mercy that you have provided in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.